Hey, Praise Chapel Paramount, welcome to our podcast. Hey, this message is from our Sunday morning series. It's a brand new one called Faith Without Walls. It's from Pastor Omar, and you're going to enjoy this one. It's all about faith. Um, faith is central to our walk with the Lord. Um, it's, it's basically everything. Um, um, it's the foundation of, of our trust in the Lord. And so we're going to be talking about faith, how we need to be put into action. Um, and so really hope you're encouraged by this one. Good morning, everyone. We're glad you're in the house of God. And turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time right now. I believe that. Come on, give God a big praise this morning. And we we appreciate all of you being here this morning. And we appreciate our online uh, people that are watching this morning on on Facebook and uh, YouTube. And it's just a Wonderful time to be in the house of God today, and uh, we're opening up a new series uh, for the next few weeks called Faith Without Walls, and we're going to be talking about faith. How many believe in faith today? And uh, we believe in faith over fear, and uh, we believe that faith is what touches the heart of God and what pleases God, and so I'm going to talk about faith today, kind of open it up, kind of give you an introduction about what faith is, and I believe it'll help you. Uh, because so many times we can be a little confused about faith. Uh, we can be a little uh, wondering what faith is all about and what does that have to do with our lives. And faith is everything. It's the major component to Christianity. If Without faith, we cannot plead God. And let me just read a verse of scripture, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to dive right into this. Is that okay? And so let's uh, read this verse of scripture out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 1, it says, To have faith is to be sure of the things we hope for and to be certain of the things we cannot see. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. I thank you for every person that is listening right now. I pray that the word of God would minister to them, that God's word would unfold in their hearts, And God, that they would gain understanding of the word of God and it would change their lives and minister to areas, God, that need healing, that need change, that need, God, for you to repair and to mend today. I pray for the anointing of your spirit upon every word that I speak and that the people would hear the voice behind the voice in the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. amen. So perhaps there is no other component to life that is more important than faith. We cannot purchase faith. We cannot give people faith. We cannot uh, just tell people to have it. We've got to live it and we've got to show it. How many can say amen? And so what faith does, it plays an important role in our Christian walk. Uh, The dictionary defines faith as the belief or devotion to trust or to trust in somebody or something without any logical proof. And so faith is defined as the belief and a devotion, and I believe that belief and devotion needs to be in God. Now I'm going to talk a little bit of theology here, but I'm going to make it real simple for you this morning as we get into this message, kind of lay a foundation of what uh, a little theology behind faith and our salvation just to kind of help you. Uh, the scripture says this in Hebrews 11:6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists 
and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. How many believe God the rewarder? And as we seek him, the Bible said that he rewards us. And so God designed a way for us to be distinguished from those that belong to him and those that don't. In other words, what distinguishes, what makes the difference is those that have faith in him, belong to him, and those that don't, do not. That's why the Bible says those that have faith are the ones that are pleasing God. It tells us he rewards those that earnestly seek him. So faith, it withholds everything together. And today, people are looking for real people of faith. People are looking for real Christianity. They want something authentic. They want something that is genuine. They don't want something fake, right? We've heard of fake news, right? Fake news, and there's also fake faith. Hallelujah. And if we're not careful this morning, we claim to have faith, and we claim to be people of faith, and so people are looking for real faith. They're looking for people that are real, not a counterfeit, not a phony. They want to see real faith. So what is real faith all about? And so James tells us in James chapter 2, verse 17, look at what it says. So faith by itself, if it does not have works, what? It is dead. What, is, what do dead things do? Nothing. Hallelujah. It's dead. There's nothing there. And he said, this is probably this morning, as I read the scripture, the most controversial scripture in the New Testament, when we talk about faith without works is dead. And I'm going to try to explain that to you this morning, give you a little bit of theology, and I think you'll get an understanding of what I'm talking about. I'm not saying that you work your way to salvation, that you have to work your way uh, to get to heaven. There is no truth to that. There's a lot of quotes out there that say you have to work your way to get to heaven. That is not at all is what James is saying. But it's important that we understand what faith is, and that faith without works is dead. Now listen to what Paul says, and he said this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Let me just lay a little bit of groundwork, and we'll get right into this. It says, for by, the gra for by grace you have been saved, what? Through faith. That you're saved uh, through faith, or by grace, through faith. It said, this is not your own doing. It is a gift of God. It is not a result of work. So that no one can boast. It almost sounds like one is con a contradicting the other. It almost sounds like the opposite because he said you're, you're saved by grace through faith of alone, not works. And I want to show you today how in actuality they complement one another. When James used it, it you're not saved, or it is not just by faith, but faith by works. They are both working together, James and Paul. What, who Paul was talking to when he said, you're not saved by works, he was talking about legalism. He was talking about all the Jewish laws and all the regulations. In other words, you're not saved by those works. You're not saved by the works of, uh, of Jewish laws and customs and ceremonies. That's the people that Paul is talking to. He's talking to the Jewish people. James is talking about not legalism when he says faith without works is dead. He's talking to the people that are too loose or too lazy. In other words, there's a looseness in their faith that pretty much they say, well, I'm saved by faith, but my actions don't matter. 
What I do doesn't matter because I'm saved. And so James is talking to that group. So again, let me just explain this to you. Paul is talking on the side of legalism and James is talking on the side of looseness. They're both wrong. They're both bad. When you start talking about faith being legal, legalistic, that's bad. And when you start, start talking about faith that is too loose, that's bad as well. And so they're two different people. It's like the word works in there has two different meanings. One is talking about legalism and one is talking about looseness. Are you with me so far? And it's like I could say, hey, I'm going to go park and uh, you know, I can go park a car or I'm going to the park. I'm going to go barbecue, some carne asada. I don't know. Are they letting us in the park right now? Anyway, so all of those things. So uh, that word works. He's talking about the Jewish law, circumcision, ceremonial law. And James is talking about the Christian life. In other words, the lifestyle. He's talking about the fruit of the spirit, kindness, good. He's talking about those works. And so when Paul focuses on works or he focuses on faith, he's talking about the root of your salvation. The root of your salvation is in faith is something that happens on the inside. And James is focusing on the fruit of your salvation, what happens on the outside, externally. Paul is saying, this is how you know you're saved as a Christian, you have faith. And James is saying, saying this is how you show you're a Christian. So the faith, there's the faith that knows and there's the faith that shows. Am I right? So you know you're a Christian by faith and you show you're a Christian by your faith. Hallelujah. One faith, uh, uh, be, you become a believer. Another faith, you behave like a believer. How many know if you're a believer and you have faith in God, it'll show. People will see it. People will see a fruit of your salvation. And let me just say this, Paul also, when he talks about faith, he actually talks, he talks about faith with works as well. In another, in other books or in other letters, he even says in Titus chapter one, verse six, they profess to know God, but they deny God by their very works. See how he's talking about works and faith? In Titus 3, seven, he goes, this is the trustworthy, uh, this is saying is trustworthy, and I want you to insist on these things so that those who have believed in God may be careful to devote themselves to good work. So they're not enemies. James and Paul, they're not enemies. They're friends. Hallelujah. And they're complementing one another. And again, they're talking about two different types of works. But I can tell you today, it all has ties in to having faith in God. So let me read the whole scripture again. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 89, it says, it, we're saved by grace. It is, it is by God's grace that you've been saved through faith. Okay, it is not a result of your own efforts, but God's gift that no one can boast about it. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. So we're supposed to, after we're saved by grace through faith, we're supposed to be expressing good works. In other words, people should be able to see that you are a person of faith by the way you live. So are you ready for this one this morning? Write this down. Real faith is not just words. It's not just something you say. Are you hearing me? You show it. 
You just don't know it, you show it. So people should be able to see your life and they should be able to see that Christ is in your life, that God is in your life. In James chapter 2, verse 14, look at what it says. Stay with me here. What good is it, my brother, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Let me read you another version in the, uh, um, uh, in the Passion Translation. It says, my dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? So he's not saying that this person is actually a person of faith. He is saying this person is claiming to have faith. He's talking the talk, but not living the walk. And you say amen. He's talking all this stuff. He's saying all these words and all the right phrases. He's claiming to be a Christian, but he's not living the life. Did you know that 50 million people in America claim to be Christian? They claim to have faith in God, and they claim this morning that they're walking with God. In fact, today, if people make the slightest sound of Christianity, we think they're Christian. And people say, if they, people post something on Facebook and say, I'm praying for you, oh, they must be a Christian. Oh, they said, praise the Lord, they must be a Christian. Oh, I've seen a Bible. They have a, they have a, a bumper sticker that says Jesus on it. They have a T-shirt with a picture of Jesus on it. They must be a Christian. And there's a lot of people this morning that know how to recite a prayer. They know how to say praise the Lord. They can say a lot of things, but the Bible tells us this. Look at what Jesus says. I'm getting really deep here. Are you with me? Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But the one who what? Does the will of my Father who is in heaven. In other words, your faith needs to be backed up with your life. You should not just say it, you should show it. Tell someone, don't say it, show it. Both to show it. Jesus said, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, if you're cussing up a storm and you're, and you're slapping your wife around and are uh, you hearing me this morning? I would say the fruit of your Christianity is pretty questionable. Are you hearing me? If you're stealing money, are you listening to me? If you're robbing people, if you, if you again, you're doing all these things, I would say your fruit doesn't back up what you're saying. And then you say, well, praise the Lord, I, I got a cross around my neck. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to have to question whether or not you're, you're just a professor, but not a possessor of Christianity. We see a lot of people, they profess God. That's why Jesus said, many people call me Lord, Lord. He said, but they're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Why? Because, he said, they don't do the will of my Father. Talk is cheap. There's a lot of people that claim Christianity but aren't living Christianity. This is why James said, can such faith Save them. In other words, what kind of value or what value is this kind of faith? Basically, James is saying nothing is cheap. Did you know, now ready, get ready for this. Did you know that the KKK claim to be Christians? 
They hate people in the name of God. Does that, does that even, that's an oxymoron. I hate you in Jesus' name uh, because you're of a different race. It doesn't make sense. They even hate Jewish people. I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Jesus was Jewish. How is it that you believe in Jesus? How are you a Christian? They, they, hate, they hate people of different races. And, and yet they claim Christianity just because you say it doesn't mean you really have it. Can you say amen? And yet the Bible says real Christianity for God so loved the world. He loves everybody. No matter what race, no matter who you are, it's for God to love the whole world, everybody, all of his creation. So James is saying uh, a real faith is not just merely words, not, not just merely claiming Christianity, but basically people that are living Christianity. When I was in junior high, I think, I don't know if they still use the term, but when somebody would try, it was kind of phony, not really, we just say, you're fake. And you're fake, dude. That's fake. That's how we would do it in junior high. I don't know if they still use that term. But in junior high, that's what we would say. Somebody was trying to be somebody they want. That guy's fake. He's not real. He, he's not authentic. Number two, write this down. Real faith is not just something you feel. See, I'm talking about this morning, faith without walls. I'm talking about real faith. It's not just something you feel. A lot of people think because they feel it, then they must have it. You can feel a lot of things. But this faith this morning is not based on emotion. It's not how much emotion you have, how, much, how many tears you shed, how much you shake. All those things, I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that Christianity is not based on emotion. Now, it does produce emotion. In other words, this morning, yes, you can be moved by God. The presence of God can move your heart and all of that. But it is not based on emotion. Real faith is not based on emotion. Let me tell you why. Because when the emotions are gone and you have to face some battles in life, you're not going to last. I've seen a lot of people, they come to church and their faith is just based on emotion. They're based on excitement. How, day, how the day is going that day. Things are going good. Circumstances are great. Everything's happening. They got money in their pocket. They got a job. Man, things are going their way. Their relationships are going well. Man, the relationship with their wife or whoever it may be, it may be, it, it's going really well. But the moment things begin to crumble and they lose their job, they lose their money, relationships are failing, things that their health is not good. If, if it's based on emotion, they're going to crumble down because it's based on emotion, not on faith in who God is. Somebody say amen. amen. I, I, feel like, I feel like some of you are getting mad at me already because let me just say, emotions don't last. I'm not saying don't be emotional. I'm not saying it doesn't, but it can't just be based on emotion. Now, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm just going to say it anyway. As soon as things started changing with all of this coronavirus, we started seeing that the people whose emotion, that Christianity is based on emotion, all of a sudden this morning, they start crumbling down. See, because their faith was based on emotion. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't based on who God is. And trusting God, all of a sudden, man, things aren't going right. They go, what's going on? Oh, my goodness. This is crazy. I know it's crazy, but God's still on the throne, and God is still in control. 
Last time I checked my Bible, he's still there. Hallelujah. And so let me read you another verse of scripture in verse number 15 of James chapter 2. Suppose the brother and sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, I wish you well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is that? In other words, this morning you see somebody, especially a brother and sister, and he's not able to eat, and you go, be well fed. He said, man, well, why don't you buy him something to eat? Oh, man, I'm sorry, you don't have any clothes to wear. Well, the clothes that, uh, that he has are in your closet. Amen. You need to give him one of your jackets. Are you with me? He's saying basically this morning, uh, telling people you're well fed, you're well done, uh, you know, everything's good for you, be of good cheer. He said, what good is that? It's almost like watching a, a young mother walk into the church, and I've seen this happen. She's walking into the church, and I'm, I'm on the other side, and I can see her walking through the hallway, and, and she's got, uh, she's got a, a, a diaper bag on one arm, and she's holding the three-year-old uh, with the diaper bag on this hand, and then she's got a carrier on this hand, and, and she's walking. She's trying to get through the church, and I see other guy, uh, guys or girls are saying, Man, you go, girl. That's, that's awesome. Why did, why did you help her? What good is that? Be a good cheer, girl. You go, girl. You make it happen. Would that be silly? Or if you walked outside and I was on the other side of the parking lot and all of a sudden you slipped and fell on your back and, and you're on the ground, man, and you're in pain and agony and I go over and I look down at you and I go, man, I feel you. God bless you, bro. What good is that? In other words, this morning, uh, just because we have sympathy, just because we have emotion, just because we have a feeling, but we don't give assistance, uh, what good is that? Are you with me? Real faith gets involved. Say, get involved. Real faith is action. That's what, that's what James is saying. Real faith this morning does something, takes responsibility, wants to help somebody else out, is willing to care for one another. The Bible says in 1 John 3, 17, if anyone has material possession and sees his brother in need but has no pity on, on him, how can the love of God be in him? How many Christians this morning, uh, how many other people have you helped? How many can depend on you if they needed some help? Real faith this morning is willing to help, willing to give assistance. It's better than just verbalizing it, it's practicing it. I'm reminded of a story of a young boy. One day a man was walking along the beach when he noticed a boy picking up something and gently throwing it into the ocean. Approaching the boy, he asked, what are you doing? The boy replied, I'm throwing starfish back in the ocean. He said, the surf is up and the tide is going out. And if I don't throw them back in, they're going to die. The man said, son, don't you realize that there are miles and miles of beaches and hundreds of starfishes or starfish? You can't make a difference. After listening uh, politely, the boy bent down. He picked up another starfish and threw it back into the water. Then smiling at the man, he said, it made a difference to that one. See, we may not be able to help everybody, but you can help somebody. 
You'll make a difference to that one. When you think about it, let's just be honest. When Jesus went in the city, then he healed the sick and, and did miracles. Everybody in that city didn't get healed. Everybody in that city wasn't touched by God. Those that came to him and those that he was able to reach out to, Jesus didn't heal everybody. Jesus didn't, uh, uh, everybody didn't walk. All, all the blind people in the city weren't able to see. But he touched somebody. Can you say amen? There were many that were touched, but he wasn't able to touch everybody. We could do at least something for somebody. See, real faith this morning is just not something you think. It's not head knowledge. A lot of people think as long as they have a lot of head knowledge about faith, that that's enough. I want you to know there's a lot of people out there, they have the intellect about faith. They have intellectual knowledge about the Bible. In fact, you can see them on, on Facebook. They like to debate and discuss and do all these different things. And, and they, they wanted to be, and, and kind of like this is what James is doing in James chapter 2. He's kind of uh, putting it in a way where people have been debating some things. And he said, someone said in verse 18 he, in James chapter 2, someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. In other words, there are people out there, he says, you're in the faith, dude, but I'm in the works. And that's basically what he's saying. Yeah, you've got your thing and I got mine. Uh, you, you got, you're, in, you're in the faith and I'm in the works. And then he answers, show me your faith. This is what James, his answer is, show me your faith without your works or your deeds and I will show you my faith by what I do. In other words, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you that the real faith is visible. You can see it. It's not just something you claim. It's not undercover faith. You're not an undercover Christian. You're not a secret agent Christian. Are you with me? Nobody knows for sure whether, whether or not you're, you, 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 anyway, let's go on. And God knows this morning. He knows those that are his. Do you realize that faith is odorless, weightless, invisible, that nobody can see it, but when you have it, people know it. James says, if you claim to be a Christian, then you should be able to prove it with your lifestyle. Somebody said faith is like calories. You can't see them, but you can see the results. Can you say amen? <laughs> you can't see faith, but you can see the results of faith. If you're really a person of faith this morning and living for God, you may not be able to uh, uh, see it, but you can see the results of it. And I believe as, as you're a believer, more and more people will be able to see it. It's like the Jerry Maguire movie, right? Show me the money. Show me your faith. Hallelujah. Show me your faith. Let me see it. That's what James is saying. Show me your faith. Let me see if it's really there. And let, me just, let me just say that we can talk a lot, but, and we can say a lot, and we can have a lot of knowledge about something, but doesn't mean that you're actually doing it. For instance, I can tell you a lot about health. And I've met a lot of people, they can talk about, oh, yeah, good health. And you, need to, you need to exercise. They have the knowledge. Uh, you need to eat right. You need to take your vitamins. You need to go to do, and then you ask them, well, do you do anything? Well, no, I just, I just know about that. <laughs> well, what good is that? Are you with me? What you do matter. Your actions matter. Your, have you ever heard the term, your actions speak louder than words? 
That's the way faith is supposed to be. Faith, we shouldn't be able to see it. We should be able uh, to see the fruit of it this morning. Otherwise, if I don't see the fruit, if I don't see the, the fact that it's real, the result of that faith, I'm probably not going to listen or believe in you and what you're saying. For instance, if I, if I came to you and you knew that, uh, that, I, that I went bankrupt, that basically I lost all of my property because I have a gambling addiction and a drug addiction, and I came up to you and I said, hey, you know, can I borrow a couple hundred dollars? I'll pay you back. You'd probably say, what? I just, I just, I know you have a gambling addiction. I know you have a drug addiction. You lost your house. You lost, you're probably not going to want to lend me any money. Why? Because you see the fruit of who I am. I can tell you I have all this knowledge but if I'm not living it this morning, it's not going to make a difference and you're going to be, real, be able to tell that it's not real. There used to be a song in Sunday school and we used to sing it actually in church before. If you saved and you know it, clap your hands. If you saved and you know it, then your life will surely show it. If you saved and you know it, clap your hand. That's right. <laughs> That's what we used to say, then your life will surely show it. In other words, this morning, it's something that you just don't feel, something that you just don't have knowledge of this morning, but it's something that people should be able to see. Look at what Paul the Apostle said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, what? Becomes a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. You're a new person. In other words, you don't talk the same. You don't go to the same places. Your life is changed. There is proof behind the faith that you're saying. It's more than just a show. It's more than what you feel. It's more this morning than the knowledge that you have. They should be able to see the difference in your life of faith. Let me read it another translation. Whoever is a believer in Christ is a new creation. The old way of living has disappeared a new way of living has become into existence. So, friend, let me just tell you, it's more than information, it's transformation. There's a lot of people this morning, they have information about Christianity, but there's no transformation of Christianity. They should be able to see the results of your life. Let me just say that if you touch a 220-volt wire... You'll be able to tell. Hallelujah. We'll all be able to tell. You touched something, man. That shocked you, didn't it? May even kill you. How is it that God is so big and so powerful? And that if he's in your life, how is it that we can't see it? If God is so powerful, if God is so awesome, how is it that we can't see God in your own life? You shouldn't be able just to know it. You should be able to show it. In other words, genuine faith organically bears fruit of the Spirit. We should be able to see God's fruit in your life. Number four, are you ready for this? Real faith is not just something you believe. To a lot of us this morning, well, if I just believe in God, that's it. You know, I believe in God. How many people do you talk to? Everybody goes, no, no, I believe in God. That's personal. That's it. Well, well what do you mean? Where, where's the fruit of that? Where, where's, the, where, where's the works that back that up? Oh, I just believe. That's all I need to do. As long as I believe, that's it. That's all that's required. Look at what, look at what James said in James chapter 2. 
verse 9. He said, you believe that there is one God good. Even the demons believe and they shudder. So if believing was just required, with only requirement, that means all the demons of hell are saved. They're just as saved as you are. That means that believing was the only thing we had to do. As long as I believe in God, I'm okay. Then that means all the devils in hell, Satan himself is saved, if that's the truth. There are a lot of people that have strong beliefs in God. They have strong beliefs about the Bible. They know how to recite prayer. They know doctrine. They know Bible verses. And good for you. Bless your point little head that you know all those things. But friend, I want you to know, unless your belief is backed up by your lifestyle and transformation in your life, you're just as, much, you're just as saved as the devil is. Oh, that's good preaching. Whether you like that or not. The book of Proverbs said, the, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. It's foolish to be an atheist, and the devil is no fool. The devil knows that God's real. The devil knows this morning, he believes in God more than we do. The devil's the great theologian. He knows the word of God just as much as we do. The Bible said the devils or the demons believe in God and they shudder or they tremble. In other words, this morning, they tremble at knowing who Jesus is. They believe in Jesus. In fact, let me just show you different examples where the devils are, or the demons acknowledge Jesus in Mark chapter 1, verse 34. And he, Jesus, would not permit the demons to speak because what? They knew him. Luke chapter 4, verse 33, and in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out in a loud voice, this is the demon, ha, what have you done to us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Verse 41, and demons came out of many crying, you are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak because they knew that he was the Christ. See, Jesus didn't pay any attention to people just shouting his name and having knowledge of his name and just believing in who he was. Shut up. You're phony. You're fake. The de demons say, you are the son of God. You are this and I just shut up. It's fake. It's not coming from your heart. You know who I am, but you're not trusting me. You're not surrendered to me. Are you listening to me? You, you, you've not given your life to me. You're a devil. You're a demon. You're opposite. You're making a proclamation, but you're not living the lifestyle. Many people this morning, they believe, they, they say they believe in God. They may even attend in church, but their lifestyle doesn't demonstrate it. This is why as Christians today, our lifestyle needs to be backed up by what we do, not just what we say. I know a lot of people this morning, man, they claim Christianity. They do all of this. They'll even say, praise the Lord. I'm praying for you. I'm doing this. I'm, I'm wondering, does God even hear you? Do you even have a relationship with God? Oh, I'm preaching good. I'm preaching better than you're clapping. I want to just say, I'm preaching an unpopular message this morning. Welcome to Praise Chapel. Can I tell you something? I may be preaching something unpopular, but it's the truth. It's the truth. I'm preaching the word of God. Because I believe there's a lot of Christians today and a lot of people out there today, they need to hear the truth. See, faith 
is something you do. I said, faith is something you do. Faith is active. It's an action word. It's not passive. It's a commitment. It's something that is lived out. This is something I learned early on in my walk with God, that if I'm going to commit my life to Jesus, that if I'm going to surrender to God, I'm, I'm going to give it all to God, and I'm going to begin to live my life the way God wants me to live it. I'm going to deny myself. Jesus, if you follow me, you have to deny yourself. He said, don't look back or you're not even worthy of me. He basically, Jesus is saying, I want full, I want all or nothing. I don't want just part of you. I want all of you. I want complete surrender. Let me give you two illustrations of people that put their faith in action. And these two people were opposite altogether. One name, and James talks about him, talks about these two people, Abraham and Rahab. Let me just tell you the difference here. Abraham, of course, with the man. Rahab with the woman. Abraham was Jewish and Rahab was the Gentile. In other words, anyone that's not Jewish is considered a Gentile. Most people here, I think all of us, unless you're Jewish and we don't know it, you're a Gentile. Abraham was a patriarch. He was a, a founder. But Rahab was what? A prostitute. Abraham was a somebody and Rahab, if you look in the Bible, she was a nobody. Abraham was a major character in the Bible and Rahab was just a minor character. But it gives us an illustration of two people that no matter who you are, you're important to God. And your faith in him matters. And look at what it says in James chapter 2 verse 20. Was not Abraham... Uh, our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar. You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works and the scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed in God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. And he was called what? A friend of God. I am a friend of God. There you go. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So James again is giving us the illustration that faith and works come together. That in other words, if your faith is real this morning, it will have evidence of your works. Evidence of, or, or evidence of your faith will be the works that you display and the lifestyle that you display. If you say you have real faith, then there'll be evidence of that. And this is what he said, the evidence of their faith, when they put it into action, Abraham believed God, and it said that it was accredited to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. So the ultimate test, we know the story. God tells Abraham, we want you to take your son, and we want you to sacrifice him on the altar. And the scripture says that he's going to do it, and he's about to kill his son. And God basically said, I just wanted to see if your faith was real, that you were willing to do it, and you were willing to take your own son's life. And he said that was accounted to him for righteousness, his works proved his faith. Can you say amen? amen? 
And so Rahab, we know the story, the scripture says that these spies come in, into, their, into her city and they, they, they're looking for these men and she takes them in and she hides them in her, in her, in her room or in her home. She risks her life to save these spies and that not only saves her life, but saves her family life. When the walls came tumbling down, Rahab ends up saving her family, her her life, and she ends up in the lineage of Jesus because her works proved her faith. Somebody say amen. amen. So our faith, listen to me. Our faith is not determined by what we do. It is demonstrated by what we do. See, you can have a lot of determination, you can, but it's demonstrated by what we do. Whether we're conscious or not, we demonstrate faith every day. Did you know that every day you are demonstrating faith? Did you know that when you walked into this room and you sat down on the, in these chairs today, you demonstrated faith? How did you know that I didn't get a drill and loosen all the screws on those legs right there before you walked in and just to have a good laugh, watch you when you sat down on the chair fall down? But you had enough faith today that when you came into this room and sat on these comfortable chairs, these are comfortable chairs, by the way, comfortable chairs, cushy chairs today, that you sat on those chairs, that they weren't going to fall apart and you weren't going to fall on your, your own cushy. Hallelujah. <laughs> you had enough faith to sit on those chairs that you didn't even question it. You got your little behind on there and boom, you sat down in faith that those chairs were going to hold you up because you live in faith. You practice faith every day. Every place you go to, you, when you turn on your car, you drive that car, you're driving that car, you have enough faith that the wheels aren't going to fall off. I remember driving with one of the brothers in the church here. I'll tell you a true story. I won't, I, I won't even look at him right now. We're driving to the airport, and I tell him, man, your car... I go, I can't believe your car feels like the wheels are going to fall off. And he goes, no, get, get out of here, Pastor. That's not true. I go, man, it feels like your wheels are going to fall off. Man, I can't. This car is falling apart. I mean, I was thankful he was taking me to the airport. But I was praying that the wheels wouldn't fall off. And can I tell you something? He said, Pastor, when I got back to the, to the church around the corner, the wheel fell off. <laughs> I go, thank God. He, he had mercy. Hallelujah. I had enough faith to get in that car. <laughs> now, hopefully you don't get in your car and the wheels fall off this morning. But can I tell you this morning, we get in the car and we have enough faith that the wheels aren't going to fall off, that the steering wheel isn't going to just break off and you're just going to go nowhere. How many of us this morning, how many use YouTube? You know, when you're looking for something, you know, I, I forgot when I was working on my dryer. I have an older dryer. I told you guys the story about this dryer that I've had for uh, the 30 years, babe, or the uh, 29 years we've had that dryer. And that dryer just keeps on going, man. I, I, I bought that dryer 29 years ago for $50. And that dryer just keeps on going. It keeps on ticking. And I've done a number of repairs, nothing major, just done little repairs. And when something goes out, I just get on YouTube. 
And I trust that YouTube guy that he, he filmed that thing three years ago that he's telling me the exact thing. I have enough faith in that guy. He did that three years ago, and he goes, and you do this, and you do that. I'm doing exactly what he did. How do I know I'm not going to kill myself? I trust. I have enough trust, enough faith in that guy that put a YouTube three years ago that I'm going to follow him. And then, and then we take it to another level. How many of you get on an airplane? Have you ever thought about getting on an airplane? I mean, there's 200 people on an airplane, and this metal contraption is just going to get up off the air. And I have enough faith that that airplane is going to stay. And then I have enough faith in the, in, in, the, in the pilot that he's not a drug addict, he's not a crazy man, and going to crash the plane. I have enough faith that as I fly in that plane that I'm going to get to that destination. We live in faith. I say we live in faith every day. And so I want to tell you today, we need to take an examination. This is 2 Corinthians 13, 5. Examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. He's saying this morning, make sure that your faith is intact. Make sure this morning that you're trusting in God. And not only trusting in God, but it's not just what you say. It's not just what you feel. It's not just what you know. It's not what you just believe, but that you're living it out. Sometimes we need to let the Holy Spirit convict us. Sometimes even like a sermon like this, maybe the Holy Spirit is putting a spotlight in some areas in your life that, you know what, you're not living right. Your faith is not lining up with what you're doing right now. Are you hearing me? Your faith is not lining up with your life right now. Maybe there's some things you need to get in order. Maybe there's some things that you need to surrender to God today. So I want us to bow our heads here and have the worship team come up. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.